today on CityCast Denver. The National Western Stock Show has been drawing farmers, ranchers, equestrians, and rodeo enthusiasts to Denver for more than a century. The annual Cowboy Show is hosted at the National Western Complex, but Mayor Hancock thinks the space needs an upgrade to the tune of $190 million. On this year's ballot, Bond Measure 2E asks voters if they want to foot the bill for this expansion and renovation that would include a new midsize arena. Yesterday on the show, we talked to a supporter of this measure. Today, we've got two voices who say you should vote no on the National Western facelift. Today is Tuesday, October 26th, 2021. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Sarah Lake, welcome to CityCast Denver. Thanks, Bree. It's great to be here. And Alfonso Espino, welcome back. Yeah, thank you for having me again. I really appreciate it. So we're looking at one particular issue of the bond today, which is 2E. Sarah, you're leading the campaign against it. Can you explain what 2E is asking of voters? 2E is a bond measure that's asking voters to approve a $190 million bond, which is, in short, a loan the city would take out that would go to fund an arena and market at the National Western Complex. So 2E is part of a recovery package that the mayor announced uh, earlier this year intended to help stimulate uh, recovery and spending in Denver following the pandemic. And 2E alone accounts for 40% of that recovery package, meaning 40% of our recovery funds from the bond would go to National Western for this arena and market. So something about this feels like deja vu to me, and I think it kind of is. Alfonso, you've been organizing with the GES coalition for a while. And how do you see this proposal for this bond fitting into what's already been going on with the National Western Center? Well, I, th- I think the important thing to really talk about is um, it's really like the kind of like a holy trinity merger between the city, CSU, Colorado State University, uh, the National Western Stock Show Association. And from that, they birthed National Western Center Authority. And when they came to that legal agreement to redevelop this campus and to head in a new direction, uh, one of those legal requirements is that the city committed to an arena to be built by 2028. Um, and, the, and so they don't have to build an arena. They don't have to hold up their end of the bargain. The city doesn't until 2028. And they can still figure it out even beyond that, from my understanding. Uh, but they're trying to push through it now because their original plan was to give away 47 acres of precious public land that they accumulated through uh, eminent domain. They were going to give those to developers essentially for lifelong leases to do as they please, develop what they wanted on there, most likely high-rise, dense um, entertainment district with a, a mix of new hip urbanism, right? Like, <laughs> But um, that, that fell apart in a large part due to the pandemic. They, were, the, they being the developers were depending on heavy subsidies from lodging taxes, which is where uh, the National Western Center Redevelopment has been getting a lot of their public money from. So basically the tourists, right, were the ones that were going to subsidize the developers. And that fell apart, right? No developer wants to touch that now because the subsidy is not guaranteed. And so now the city has to go back to the voters and now they want us to foot the bill. Um, and they're really just trying to hold up an end of a bargain that uh, really just 
leaves us, the people, the working class people of, of Denver, with even less resources um, from our city for us. Sarah Alfonso mentioned this bond is about spending money for Denver. It's it's spend, spending our money as taxpayers. What do you think, like, why should Denver not be spending money on an arena right now? What what else is going on here that that might use that money? When you look at what 2E is, it is a last ditch effort to rush through funding for an arena so that when Hancock leaves office, he has his name on a lasting legacy in Denver's landscape. But in reality, there are incredible pressing needs in Denver. We have unprecedented housing costs. We have record high uh, rates of unhoused in Denver. We have desperate needs for more mental health support and transportation and infrastructure improvements. And what this bond does is allocate 40% of our recovery funds to the arena and marketplace at a time when we don't actually have to do that. And ultimately, any of the revenue that would come from the arena and marketplace is not going to come for three to five years. It's going to take years to develop the arena and marketplace to physically build them and then to see them start generating profit. That is way too far out for the urgent needs that Denver has. So to call this recovery is just a sham. In reality, it is a vanity project and one that Denver doesn't really need. We have dozens of other venues. We have other ones that are desperately hurting because of the pandemic and could benefit from that those recovery funds. So ultimately, this isn't about whether we need a new arena. It's about right now how we should be allocating our funds to best serve the Denver residents. So I spoke with... Um... Councilwoman Debbie Ortega recently about this. Um, she's sort of representing the yes part of the the yes part of the bond, and she said that Glowville Alaria Swansea as a community has been involved in this national western redevelopment from the beginning, and she sees buy in from the community on this plan. Alfonso, you are that community. What are you hearing from your neighbors and what do you think about that? I think if you went and asked most of my neighbors what they thought about um, spending $200 million on an arena, most of them would feel the way that I do. And I think it's very disingenuous and very insulting that people like Debbie Ortega are weaponizing the historic exploitation, the historic underdevelopment and, and history of broken promises to a community like ours and is uplifting individuals in the neighborhood that might kind of just like tag along for uh, for uh, uh, supporting the arena. But when it comes to like a, a body of organized neighbors, which is what the coalition is, you know, we overwhelmingly reject, you know, the use of our, of, of our vulnerability, of, of our suffering to uphold these projects, these multi-million dollar projects, which have billion dollar implications that do absolutely nothing what, what, what does an arena do to solve the housing crisis that, that my neighbors are going through? What does an arena do, or a public market for that matter, do to solve the, the decades-long issue of our community being a food desert? What does an arena do to solve the environmental degradation and, and the hazardous, toxic environment that I've been subjected to, that my neighbors have been subjected to? And the answer is it does absolutely nothing. And Alfonso, I think... That question, what does an arena do? I would guess by my conversation with Councilwoman Ortega is that she would say that this arena may provide jobs, um, vocational training, economic development. What would 
be your response to that? Well, it's funny how that, that those benefits only come up when it's election season. Uh, those, those are promises that are being made during this time. And then let, let's also talk about the jobs that they're offering. You know, I grew up right there. You know, I know exactly what jobs they're referencing to creating. It's seasonal, low wage work, no benefits, right? No, no job security. Yeah, there's there's a re- there's a revolt going on against that type of job right now we're seeing thank god like historic numbers of strikes going on across the country because precisely because of the creation of jobs like that right these unsustainable unviable unlivable jobs right um that people have been forced into right yes I, i'm sure a new arena would boost the economy but you know there's two different economies in this country in this society and that economy that they reference to, that people like Debbie Ortega reference to in stimulating and creating and uplifting is very much the, the economy that has imposed itself on communities like ours that it can only live through our exploitation. I, I think it's a really important point that the supporters of 2E are promoting this rhetoric that the arena and marketplace is good for Denver and good for the local people. When you look at the economics in the feasibility studies and in the development plans that the city has commissioned itself, it shows that the arena itself is unlikely to be profitable based on it being too small for big events and too big for small events and having so much competition in Denver. And the marketplace is not going to be profitable at all based on the fact that there's not enough population density in the surrounding neighborhood with the income necessary to purvey that type of market. It's going to be restaurants and prepared foods. We're not talking about a grocery store that's offering improved food access to the community. So ultimately, it's even a myth that this is going to be profitable. It's quite an economic gamble. And that's one reason why the private developers pulled out of the public and private partnership that was originally supposed to pay for this. From your perspective then, who is this arena project for? This entire idea is about bailing out the development industry. So the developers were hit especially hard by the pandemic because tourism was an all-time low. They weren't investing in new development. They were just simply trying to cover their costs. Hancock himself has said that the developers were hit especially hard and this will help them recover, which is wild to imagine that the interest is about helping development companies rather than helping the local communities. We're helping million or billion dollar companies rather than the residents of GES who are struggling to pay their mortgage. It's wild to me that the project to develop and improve the central library got cut because there wasn't enough funding. And instead, they're putting money towards something like this. So it's a great question about recovery for who? Who is really benefiting from this type of investment? I'm I'm thinking about someone who lives, say, in Wash Park, who might see this Serena proposal on their ballot and think, oh, I enjoy going to the stock show every year. I'm going to vote yes. Um, Sarah, why would someone who doesn't live in GES say no to the bond? First of all, hopefully we all care about other people rather than ourselves and our immediate neighbors. I think that's fundamental to to humankind and the success of Denver. But I think ultimately, too, it's not about whether you like the stock show or if you like going to events. It's about creating development in Denver that is just and equitable. I think as well, it's important that you know if this arena was being built in Wash Park, people would be up in arms about it. 
there no way would this pass. Ultimately, it's like we are we are one is Denver, and it's about having a, a collective identity and making sure that all of our city is is being developed, not just in a socially just way, but also an economically sound way. Right? There's many pitfalls to this development plan. The city is rushing through this bond. We hope that you know Denver residents, no matter where you live hold the city accountable to how they're using their tax money and how those development projects are affecting people of Denver, regardless of where they live. For both of you, if you had $190 million to, to put something to put on the bond that you would ask people to vote for, what would you prefer that $190 million go to? Um, I mean, I could start. I mean, I think one of the things I'd love to see return in this society because uh, uh, the American people were duped <laughs> using racism to, to abandon public housing, right? Investing into public housing, which is really, you know, we're never going to get a solution to our housing crisis through the private market. That's just ridiculous, right? I'd love to see reinvestment into public infrastructure like public housing, right? Guaranteeing housing for all, right? I'd love to see investment into um, public facilities like Denver Health, public institutions like the, the Denver Public Library, right? Like things that are like genuinely actually like when you go and visit these places right like they're providing an actual benefit a material change to someone's everyday life yeah it's there's so much that denver needs other than an arena and not considering what bond funds can be legally spent on i think some of the most pressing needs have been identified by denver residents the city surveyed denver residents and said what are your most pressing priorities for recovery funds and 40 percent of respondents said it was affordable housing and support for the homeless. 40%. I mean, Denver, to get 40% of people to agree on something is pretty wild. And yet 40% of people agreed that was our most pressing problem. I think the second is long-term housing solutions for the unhoused. Denver right now is investing a lot of money in the sweeps and just displacing unhoused folks from place to place. And then I think the third is something that GS has asked for, which is let's talk about land reparations. Let's talk about giving land back to the people who originally owned it and the city has dispossessed them. Knowing the price of land and the long-term return that has both economically, but also socially and in term culturally for them to have access to that land, that doesn't even require that much money. The city owns a lot of that land and could make that decision. So I think there's a lot of good use to that. But there are specific projects that were cut as part of the, the bond package in the central library is such a shame because it's you know a landmark of the library system, but also serves the unhoused, serves low-income populations, and is going to be more expensive to pick up that project in two or three years rather than having continued the renovations that were already underway. I appreciate you both giving us this perspective to think about um, for the bond and what we want to spend our money on as a city. So Alfonso and Sarah, thank you so much. Thank you, Bree. And thank you, Bree. Before we wrap up today, I want to share one more clip from my interview with Councilwoman Debbie Ortega about why she supports the ARENA proposal. Earlier, you heard Alfonso Espino talk about what kinds of jobs he expects will be part of this project. And I actually asked Ortega about the same thing. Here's what she said. With the National Western Campus, we're looking at some of the full-time jobs that will be available on the campus. Um, And not all like in the concession arena, for example. Um, With it being a year-round campus, you're going to have groundskeepers. You're going to have a a whole host of um, maintenance uh, crew needed, engineering, electrical, you name it. 
Um, so we're looking at some of those opportunities that will be available for residents in these neighborhoods as well. And here's what else is happening in Denver today. FIFA officials toured Denver yesterday as the city made its pitch to be one of the sites of the 2026 World Cup. There are 17 U.S. cities in the running and only 10 will make the cut. If chosen, this would be the first World Cup action for the Mile High City. Unlike the Olympics, which Denver notoriously turned down in the 70s, FIFA would utilize the existing Empower Field as its location and not have to build a bunch of crap that would eventually be abandoned. But I bet if you ask my producer, Paul, he would have a very different view of this situation. Anyway, just a reminder, the option to mail in your ballot ended yesterday. So please be sure to drop your ballot in one of the dozens of ballot boxes across the city on or before November 2nd. Check out denvervotes.org to find a ballot drop-off near you. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye-bye. Anyway, because he loves the Olympics. But if you're a regular listener, then you maybe know that about Paul. So...